I Could Murder a Podcast is proudly part of the ACAST Creator Network. For hundreds of extra minisodes and other content, along with our private Discord server and live Q&As, exclusive merch and much more, consider subscribing to icmap.co.uk. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Warning. The following episode contains subject matter and scenes that some viewers may find upsetting, disturbing, or unnerving. Please note viewer discretion is advised at all times. Sit back and enjoy. Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome once again to another episode of I Could Murder a Podcast, episode number two in the can. I'm joined by my good friend, Tom Norris. Hi, Ben. Really good to be here today. Fantastic. That's really nice to know. Well, we are in the uh, in the midst or coming to the end of a global pandemic. You, I don't you, know you, if we you, talked about this last no, week. No, but you, re- you do seem to always want to talk about What's it. What's going on? It's, uh, it's something that's happening, whether you like it or not. So I don't like it. I know you don't. None of us do, mate. None of us do, um, but it's out there. Quick question, though. Yep. I was thinking about this earlier. Sure. Is a global pandemic a good time or a bad time to be a serial killer? Depends who you're asking. I'm asking you. Oh, well, I know, I know you're asking me. I was just uh, 
looking for different perspectives as I prepare an answer and buy myself a little this bit This is more. the fourth time I've asked you it, so... Third, third. We, I said I'd nail the fourth, so... Okay. Um, so is it a good time to be a serial killer during pandemic? No, 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 because that's fourth, and I'm not ready for the fourth. Well... Um, I think it's a... Um, I think it's a worse time. There are less people outside. There are less people socialising. Less people to catch you. That's true. That's but, true. But more people walking dogs who... walking People that walk dogs tend to be the people that find the bodies. So that's happening much more often. So... Is there ever a good time to be a serial killer? I'm that's not saying... my I'm, question to you. I'm not condoning it, but I'm just saying, is it more tricky now? As a serial killer, where do you stand? And people are isolated as well. Because mm. they are isolating so something to think about let us know in the comments below because um, I'm interested to hear some thought out answers yeah some yeah. thought out answers no right. time pressure I got that I, I got both digs then there's no digs there were digs what? there were two of them so episode two Tom yeah we got episode one in the bag it's, it's there in it's the there. 22 bags carrying up to his room Yes. There you go. Thank God. I didn't know if you were with me then. I not. wasn't. I was like, what's he talking about? And I got, <laughs> I got into your mind. I was like, oh, it's dirty in here, but I got the joke. Filthy. Mm. Um, so episode two. Yeah, episode two. Yeah. Because we picked up from episode one that I do this a lot. A lot of comments saying that, and I appreciate the support. Well, we don't know if the comments are coming out yet, dude. They might not pick up on it. They might be idiots. They will. I'm going to do the first comment, and I'm going <laughs> to say, <laughs> count how many times Ben goes... I just, I'm, I'm aware for the first time in my life I've got an expensive microphone sat in front. I don't know if it's expensive by podcasting standards. You, you, you know more about that than me, but it just... Uh, that wanna, wouldn't make you go... If you I, well, look, nothing else has made me go. If you don't know your whole life, you just never know. I've, well, you've never told me. It was yesterday you found out. I've never it. had to listen to your voice while editing. Anyway. Episode two. So, sorry you had to see that or hear that. <laughs> you, they, they're on board with me now. They're, they're part of the gang that's not a gang anyone wants to be part mm. of <laughs> alright anyway episode 2 it's the Casanova killer and I'm gonna I'm gonna put my neck out on the line here and say I don't think he's someone that's overly known in the true crime world mm-hmm. yeah no I think that would be fair I think it, it was absolutely his intention to be one of the, you know, the, the biggest names on the scene exactly that, me saying that would really annoy him Yes, so let's uh, let's slag him off some more just before we start. Uh, well, well, I will because I actually have a big gripe. Oh, do you? With big, him, a big gripe with him. So we should probably outline as well. There are two cases of the Casanova killer. Now we are not covering, and if this puts you off now, please stay with us. Uh, we are not covering the Glenn Rogers case. He had a terrible haircut. He did have a terrible haircut. Why are you looking at me when you say? I that? just said he had a terrible haircut. Right. Okay. So my gripe is we picked this case. Um, well, Ben, you knew of it before me. You showed me a picture of him, and you said you said something along the lines of this guy is really handsome. He rocks my world. And I thought... Can I... I don't <laughs> what? remember saying it like that. Okay. I remember saying, that's a cool photo yeah, of him. He He's a decent looking lad. Who rocks my world, baby? <laughs> <laughs> how can right, you no. take a top off in a text message? <laughs> I don't know how that happened. So um, anyway, I did your thing there. It's contagious. Um, looking at... Gang. <laughs> looking Hashtag. at... Sorry, sorry. Him being called the Casanova killer, mm-hmm. I understand the reason behind it because he used to womanise, he was very persuasive, and um, a lot of his victims were people that were attracted to him and he went back to their house. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But there's one good picture of him. There's literally just one good picture of him. Mm-hmm. The rest of them, he looks pretty 
rank. It almost looks like there are two different guys. Yeah. So it's like getting one good picture. I know uh, I'm not in that world, but Tinder, you'd use one good picture. And you're like, what? He's sent this picture. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm meeting this guy. I'm going to do two pictures of him. It's the old David Brent. Shall I show you what he sent in? Exactly. He sent that one. I was like, no, I've got this one. So it's Cass's face, all the best. I think he should be called the catfish murderer. But that might mean just to make think, it sound he's a good angler. Oh, do you know what? I think the catfish murderer is already a case. Is it? Like a modern day thing. Damn. But, but he, I would, I would, and again, this is going to go against, uh, this is going to go against me trying to hide the fact that I thought he was a decent looking lad. Uh, there are a few, there are a few good it's, ones. No, it's fine you thinking he's a decent looking lad. I'm yeah. just saying that one picture doesn't make him a decent looking lad. No, well, I, well, I'm saying there are three or four of the same night where he had the old cigarette hanging look at, out the mouth. Look at the evidence. Yeah, but That's there are. It's, it's, it's just as easy to find kind of goofy looking photos of him. More, um, yeah, it's more goofy than um, gorgeous, I'm going to say. Mixture of goofy and gorgeous. Again, let us know in the comments goofy or gorgeous. Um, so, See you again. I did it on purpose at the time. I literally stopped and looked at the camera and went. It's contagious. It's not, yeah, it's disgusting. Anyway, mm-hmm. should, we, should we crack open this egg and fry up this case? Let's do it. All right. It's the night of July 26th, 1974. George McRae's Rock Your Baby tops the charts across the USA. Upbeat melodies fill the air and people embrace amidst the magic of 70s America. Counterculture in full swing and the free love movement midway through its second decade. Promiscuous adolescents pack the bars to the rafters. Music continues to flow as strangers engage, dancing and drinking the night away. With newly mets leaving together, a lonely figure remains at the bar. Taking no notice in anything but the alcohol he consumes, he continues to lift his glass. Drink after drink after drink, the bar now empty, it's time for him to leave. But he remains glued to the bar. Undeterred by the waitress's requests, a bouncer approaches. A knife is plunged into the bouncer's chest and the attacker tries to flee. Pinned down by the bouncer and assisting bar staff, the police are called in. They make the arrest of the drunken stranger and take him to his cell. In the early hours, however, and in a drunken daze, the stranger picks the lock to his cell and escapes into the Jacksonville night. Little did they know, this mysterious drunken escapee would that night go on to become the Casanova killer. Oh, one overview. Ben, well read. I got chills. I felt like I was there. By the sounds of that, he was a very violent man, very heavy into his drinking. Um... Mm. But what led him there, Ben? Very good question. Should we take it back to the early days, the uh, origin story? The origin story of the Casanova slash catfish (laughs) killer. So, uh, Paul John Knowles, born on April 17th, 1946, uh, son to Bonnie Knowles and Thomas Jefferson Knowles. Did a bit of a double take when I uh, was making those notes, but it's accurate. Um. He had four other siblings, and there were seven of them all together in the household over in Orlando, Florida. Um, a big part of what led Paul uh, to, to kind of act out uh, the way that he did was down to his childhood and his upbringing. Um, he had a massive desire to be the centre of attention from a very young age. Yep. So his school life, he would go around kind of uh, showing off, getting into fights, acting out, talking back to teachers. The regular class clown. The home life uh, situation for him, our, our, our Paul John Knowles, uh, was not very pretty at all. No, his father was a very violent man, using his fists, his belt. He would give him a good whooping if he was ever to be in trouble. John would see a chance for him to let loose when he was at school, when he was out and about, cycling around this town, just doing 
petty things to show off, really. Yeah, and he and he found that the more that he misbehaved, the more attention he would get, obviously. Um, right or wrong, he didn't mind which sort of attention it was. Um, and this landed him in a, a fair bit of trouble in his uh, his developmental years. Um, so he actually ended up uh, getting quite a few fights at school. Um, he once even punched a girl square in the face for, for saying no to his advances. So again, going back to your Tinder uh, analogy, um, he wasn't very fond that she swiped left. Uh, yeah, I don't know. He knew, though. Bounced between uh, a difficult school... Uh, school life difficult home life and that actually led to his parents putting him into reformatories um and he actually ended up at the florida school for boys which looking into sounds horrific yeah florida school of boys was a terrible place to be sent there was lots of reports of abuse there was even bodies discovered on the school grounds mm-hmm. which um obviously implies that it wasn't a place to be it wasn't a place to grow up it wasn't a place to learn how humans behave no, and, uh, and they, uh, his parents sent him there. Now, I don't know if it was more so Thomas Jefferson or Bonnie, but they sent him there with ease um, quite a few times as well. So he was in and out multiple occasions. Well, I think it's probably more Thomas Jefferson because he grew up still loving his mum. He still wanted to look after his mum. It didn't seem to hold much resentment towards her. So I think it probably fell on the hands of his father. Yeah, and I believe there was also the, the dad had a bit of a drinking issue as well, which uh, we got from... Clifton Knowles, one of Paul's siblings, who also attested that if the state social services had actually been looking into what was going on within their household, that they would have been taken out of that house at a very early age and yeah. uh, and given away to, to foster homes. So yeah, really tricky upbringing for him. Um, he's then going into his teenage years. He's obviously still thriving off this attention that he's getting. Um, he's loving every minute of that, but uh, he's finding a bit more desire to get a bit more attention and... Uh, and that leads to a, a few bigger issues. Sure. And also at that time, he was going from friendship group to friendship group. He never really found his his group. He was very much seen as a loner during those times, which, again, if you haven't really, not really settled in, you don't know how to act around people, you're trying to do different things to show off to different people. Yeah, and I think he kind of thrived off that in a way. So I think kind of the idea of him being mysterious, that, that kind of lone wolf um, a little face there, well the, the light got in my eye slightly <laughs> well, and then yeah, I couldn't see you, you. Of, <laughs> he's a bit of a <laughs> he's a bit of a lone wolf a bit of a wise guy so he yeah I think uh, he, he liked the idea of keeping himself to himself I think he was a bit of a lone wolf but at the same time he loved receiving attention from others I don't think it was friendship love affection that he was ultimately craving although that was uh, rumored to play a part that he didn't have too much care in his upbringing too much love and affection from his family what really drove him was attention his father then gives him up to live in reformatories permanently now this is because uh, paul was caught well convicted of his first petty crime um now there's not as much information about the actual act i mean in his early years he stole bicycles he stole from shops he was uh, g- generally kind of a rude maverick type character but uh it's not there's not much about what the first legal conviction was but that's when uh, the thomas jefferson decided sure. enough is enough but it's been implied or a theft is something he was doing a fair bit of so it could well have been he was nicking a car yeah, Nick in a car kind of adds up. I mean, he liked being the, the the mysterious guy that would appear in different towns and that kind of tells a story as we go on to um, his cross-state... Uh, and we'll call them adventures, shall we? No, that makes it sound nice. His, cross, uh, his cross-country his cross spree. Yep. He's now almost an adult and uh, this is where things really start to spiral out. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Following his father's footsteps when it came to alcohol. Alcohol and uh, physicality. Um, for, for those listening, uh, yeah. That's what I meant to do, but I didn't have the... Ben did the international sign for a knuckle sandwich. He then tries to change his life slightly. He's influenced massively by uh, the meeting of Jackie Knight. Jackie Knight. Jackie Knight. Now. <laughs> okay, just so, a little, little bit of uh, inside, inside knowledge. Me and Ben have two characters that we play. Oh, wouldn't call them characters, Tom. I'd definitely call them alter egos. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Uh, we're driving from, where were we? Charlotte. North Carolina. North Carolina to Brooklyn. Brooklyn, New York. For many an hour, we just stayed in these characters. Stephen Knight. Jeremy Knight. And uh, we did that for a a whole journey. It was seven hours, eight hours. And our friend Lewis said, I don't know if he enjoyed it. Uh, I don't think he had the best time. I don't think he had the best time. Hey there, it's uh, Jeremy Knight here. There's uh, Stephen Knight. Why are we sharing a bed? We're brothers. Let's talk about our sister, Jackie Knight. Yeah, very, very positive uh, influence in Paul's life. Uh, one of the first, I think, he'd experience. It seemed like they both fell in love pretty heavily, pretty hard and pretty fast. And um, he wanted to turn his life around, but uh, he couldn't shake old habits. He couldn't. He then eventually was arrested for auto theft and was taken to the Florida State Prison. Yeah, also known as Rayford. Again, this is one where I, I did a little, little old, typed into the old Google machine. Really bad reputation. Horrible, like Rayford used to send the old chills down the spine. He was able to um, end it with Jackie. They, were in, they ended on good terms, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were still able to m- maintain some form of friendship when he was tucked away in prison. Mm-hmm. But whilst he was behind bars, he was able to strike up another relationship with Angela Kovic. And he met her through probably... It was quite a strange way. I guess meeting anyone from prison. Tinder? Not Tinder. Actually, he saw her name and address in an astrology magazine. It listed her favourite interest as music. And Knowles played guitar. So he thought, you know what? I'm going to give her a, a letter. She said he was a perfect Taurus, and that was my favourite sign. Taurus? Which one is the Taurus? Is that the, She's um, a Leo. Yeah, but Taurus, Taurus is a bull. The, the bull, yeah. Yeah, I'm a Leo. Oh, yeah. Well, she was a Leo as well. Probably explains why I'm so... Into Knowles. <laughs> so Kovic described herself as a believer in spiritualism and reincarnation, and she consulted a spiritualist for the past six years. So she visited Knowles in prison, and he popped the old question. And then she went to her spiritualist for advice. Mm, as you do. As, of course you would, big question. She said yes. She's gone to the spiritualist, showed the ring, and the spiritualist said, 
that ring has come from a very dangerous man. And usually she would she would take the advice, but this time she ignored it. But I'm going to point out one thing. Spiritualist, she probably knows that she's seen someone in prison. Mm. So she's gone, oh, that's coming from... It. I mean, it's... Fe- smart. Smart. It's an obvious... Oh, it comes from... What is, where, where did he give the ring in prison? Oh, okay. oh, he sounds dangerous. Uh, yeah, oh. I like bad boys. Yeah. That's why there's a skull on it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Woo! <laughs> <laughs> trying to think of Lord of the Rings, the references, but I, I only watched it a few weeks ago and they've all gone. Can you um, make sure whenever you can't think of a reference to tell me the reference you couldn't think of? Look, I couldn't think of the Lord of the Rings. Thank you, man. Yeah, shall not be so. <laughs> No, 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 no. So there's quite a lot of speculation about whether Paul actually loved Kovic because she was a bit older than him. Um, she was married and then she just divorced just in time to kind of be with him. And people think that he was only with her because she had a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And it's with that money that she used to hire him a lawyer. Is she a cocktail waitress? She worked at her parents' nightclub. Oh, okay. That so, explains so, the money. Yes, they, she say. worked at a club called the Garden of Eden. Ooh, Okay. She basically was able to provide him with a lawyer and she got um, Yavitz on the case. Lawyer Yavitz. And he's going to come into the story a lot more later He's a bit on. of a character. He's a bit of a character. She's over in San Francisco, parents' nightclub, California area. Um, he's the literal opposite side of, of, of the US down in uh, Rayford in, in uh, Florida. Florida. So, how, so how does he end up in San Fran? Well, one of the conditions of his parole was that he was going to go with Kovic to San Francisco. She had gotten him a job at a billboard company. Um, her family wasn't poor. And I think because of her parents' like level in the community, she was able to convince them that he was going to turn his life around. She was, he was going to go with her. They were going to get married and everything was going to be all daisy. Wow. I'm surprised her parents didn't just uh, kind of stop her there before she got ahead of herself. Uh, maybe they thought, maybe they believed her. I mean, he was a quite convincing guy as well. So maybe... yeah. So I think he's laid on the charm a little bit. Obviously played on the fact that he's the perfect Taurus, although it's not really adding up with us. Um, and uh, I think he's used a little bit of the old classic JPK uh, manipulation techniques there. Well, he actually never turned up to work. And four days later, he left her. Kovic, maybe trying to save face. She said the reason why he did that was because he spent most of his adult life behind bars and he felt very uncomfortable with her unorthodox friends. Again, that's not the last we hear of um, Kovic. So he's in a new state, he's in a new city, um, young, free and single, recently single. So he's, he, that, poor, that poor lady, he's totally manipulated her, manip- manipulated the system. He's, had to, he's moved to San Francisco on the, on the condition that he's moving there with her, yep. under her watch. And uh, it lasts four days. Yeah. I'm sure her parents were pretty relieved at the fact that that was over so quickly. So Knowles makes his way back to the Sunshine State of Florida. Um, he's drinking it up in all the different establishments that they have to offer. He's in the Jacksonville area, and uh, he is pounding the beers. Back to the opening story. So he's basically uh, ends up with him stabbing a bouncer. Yep. Which obviously landed him in prison. And then um, this whilst- is the weird part. This is the uh, this is where it could all end uh, if if uh, if it hadn't gone the way it went. Yeah, because he could have ended up with the electric chair, which we, which we know, which he said before that he was very afraid of dying on the electric chair, which I guess anyone is afraid of dying. On electric, I'm afraid of dying on an electric chair. Yeah, I, there are 
there's got to be easier ways to go than that. Do you ever do the um, Adams Family game at arcades where you hold the uh, two Fair metal rods? Ones. Yeah, it, even that, I'm kind of like, oh, no, I'd rather not. Yeah, I'm not going to pay him to be in back. <laughs> anyway, so he he was worried about that. Of course, you would be. He was very intoxicated, mm-hmm. and he was able to basically just escape. Yeah, picked the lock of his cell in a drunken stupor. Stupor. Um, and he's, he's uh, yeah, he snuck away. Now, it's important to mention, I don't think the bouncer he stabbed died and succumbed to the wound, so it was not technically a murder charge or a manslaughter charge. Slipped away into the night, and uh, this is where um, it all begins. His voyage of chaos began. Very nice. I like that a lot. I like that one. Selling a little, or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Um, this is where the Casanova killer is born. He's quickly then realizing he needs shelter, he needs food, he needs drink, and um, he needs either a place to hide or a vehicle. He's arrived outside of the house of... Now, we have conflicting uh, figures... Um, for the age of this lady, but either way, she's a, a slightly, um, slightly older uh, lady. Now uh, we've got the age of sixty-five. We've also got the age of fifty. Yes. Either way, she had dentures. That would lead me to think probably that yeah, the elder end of the spectrum. But who knows? Um, yeah, she could have lost her teeth many different ways. Yeah, yeah. I mean, ice could... skating accident could be one. Mm-hmm. So he's arrived outside uh, Alice Curtis's house. Um, he's broken in. He's very quickly overpowered her. Um, and he's then uh, gagged her. Now, the gag, as he's overpowering her and gagging her, the gag has actually dislodged her dentures, um, which actually leads, while Paul is then searching the house for, for bits and pieces, um, it's actually led to her death. Yes. So she suffocated on the dentures in her mouth. So, according to Knowles, he found her uh, dead. He didn't actively, you know... Suffocate yes, a strangler. Sure. Um, so he's come back to find her dead. He's then thinking, right, okay, devil on the shoulder, angel on the shoulder, right, the devil is telling me, right, you can you can probably get away with this. You can probably do a few more. The angel on his shoulder, John. Tell you what. Look what you've done. I don't even think the angel was there. I think probably he had not. two devils. <laughs> One going, why are you still here? <laughs> Grab her keys. Because he, well, that's what he did. He grabbed her keys, yep. jumped in her car, 
<coughs> I tried to say she twice and then choked. It's that easy. She had quite a nice car. Yeah, I found conflicting information about what car she had as well. Bloody information. But we're going to stick with what um, we think it is because it is a nice car. Mm-hmm. A yellow Dodge Demon. Damn. If I remember correctly. Yeah. Yes, so he, he thought, I'm going to take this car, I'm going to get out of here, and he left. Um, but in the back of his mind, he's thinking of the electric chair, and that, that, that's a fear that, that follows him throughout his now cross-country spree that he goes on. He's staying around the Florida kind of area. Which is weird, because he's just broken out of prison. He's stabbed a bouncer. I mean, no one saw him choke or strangle Alice Curtis, but he's still staying in the same area, which is odd. Which is risky, and it must have been in the back of his mind, because... Um, in early August, he saw some family acquaintances, Lillian and Milette Anderson, and they were both, one was 11, the other one was seven years old. And in fear that they would identify him, he kidnapped them both, strangled them, and he buried their bodies in a nearby swamp, which is obviously a horrible thing. Um, weirdly enough, um, his brother actually adamantly denies that he did that. Um which he doesn't deny any of the other murders, but he seemed to think that was something that he wouldn't do. Because they were a family. Family acquaintance, yeah. and um, maybe he just, maybe he can't bring himself to think that he would do such a thing. With the devil, well, the two devils we've talked about on his shoulder, Knowles has obviously made quite a clear choice here, and uh, all of the uh, kind of physical abuse, mental abuse, uh, the lack of affection and love that he got in his childhood has now led him to make the decision that he is going to go on somewhat of a, a rampage now. Yep. Um, a bit of a spree across the country. Um, and this now leads to kind of the next four months um, where he really accumulates. Now he's claimed to have killed 35 people, but they can only account for 18 of these, so roughly half. Okay, so um, obviously with 18 murders, um, we're not going to go in-depth on each one. They tend to follow a, a similar pattern. He, he didn't really discriminate uh, when it came to who he killed, mm-hmm. um, but he would. the pattern we did find was he wouldn't um, kill young boys, um, which we think, well, we're led to believe that he might see a bit of himself in it, mm-hmm. in them, and maybe had some kind of weird... If they saw him, if they, they did witness some of his crimes, maybe if they saw him do that, mm-hmm. maybe they would grow up to emulate it possibly. Yeah, so I mean, he still killed men, had no uh, no issue doing that. And also, interestingly, some of the men were, were homosexual men. It's been hinted at possibly he had sexual relations with those men, um, and maybe he killed them in order to, to hide the fact that he did that. Uh, yeah, there was a big question mark uh, over his sexuality um, because often the gay men that he did murder were found completely nude and kind of uh, chest down. Um, yeah. So it was an interesting one. But no, uh, didn't discriminate age-wise, happy to kill children as long as they weren't young boys. So he killed girls, women and men. He has then gone on uh, to his cross-country rampage, um, spanning a few different states over a few, uh, well, four months. So how we're going to break this down for you guys is we're going to go through it month by month and detail the victims there that way. Um, so we'll start, obviously, uh, Alice Curtis uh, happened in late July, and then the two little girls are alleged to have, have, have been murdered um, early August. Uh, but there are some additional um body counts in August so we'll start uh, with August this is not me trying to be insensitive but the name is I don't know how to say the name of this person um, so I'm going to use my little robot friend just not to him t- again just to tell me how to say it Marjorie Marjorie that is the gnarliest spelling of Marjorie I've ever seen in my life and Marjorie lived in Atlantic Beach Florida she was strangled with a nylon stocking 
The motive apparently was that Knowles stole her television. Yeah, that's an interesting one actually because they're stating that she either invited him or he forced his way uh, into her apartment. Um, something to note that during the time that he, he had escaped, he was seeing his um, Jackie Knight. He was going back to her uh, house. Jackie was back on the scene. Well, he was seeing her, looking after her kids, and he was giving them lots of gifts. So the television, he's on the run, but he was bringing her gifts from some of the crime scenes. So it's quite likely that he brought the TV over to her, her house. That's eerie. Ima Jean Saunders, who was a 13-year-old runaway from Beaumont, Texas, who Noel's picked up while she was trying to reach her mother in Warner Robins. She was raped and strangled. So her body was found two years later in 1976, um, but they've only linked that body to this case in 2011. It wow. took 37 years um, to link that case. 37 years? Um, uh, basically, um, when he listed her name in the people he killed, he actually said her name wrong. So um, they weren't able to link the cases. So... Um, that took a long time for that cold case to be shut. Kathy Sue Woods Pierce was strangled with a cord of her telephone on August 23rd, 1974, in Georgia. Her three-year-old son, who was present, remained unharmed. So that's going back to what we say. He wouldn't um, want to harm young boys. There you go. So we now move into September. So William Vernon Bates, the first male he murdered, because he didn't uh, kill the um, bouncer, was murdered on September 3rd. After sharing some drinks with Knowles in Ohio, his body was not discovered until October. His car, money and credit cards were all taken by Knowles. Knowles would often take credit cards after he killed the victim and go off and pretend he was that person using their credit cards and basically yeah, claiming a new identity to help him mm. uh, evade the no. police. There were actually a couple of interesting things about this one. Now, uh, the individual, first of all, who, who did have a few drinks with Knowles, was found naked chest down but also not far from the scene do you remember that uh yellow uh yellow dodge, dodge demon dodge demon um they only found that outside the bar <laughs> yeah you sound, like, you sound like a village gossip yeah, yeah. But guess what happened and he found the you know dodge demon outside the bar yeah you'll, ne- <laughs> you'll never guess tom you'll never guess to be fair i wouldn't have guessed this brings us to emmett Johnson and Lois Johnson, who were out camping in Ely, Nevada, when Knowles murdered both in September 18th. So he, he wasn't afraid or put off by there being two people. He, he basically, in his head, had nothing to lose. He, mm. he wanted to rack up these killings and, and be notorious, was, was basically his, his MO here. So he's gone all the way from kind of the Florida, Georgia area, right over to Nevada. Um, it says as well um, that this was a fairly random act, but he has then uh, confessed later to the crime. But also for a brief period of time, he did use their credit cards for a short period of time to use uh, for his expenses. And Dawson from Birmingham, Alabama, met Knowles on September 23rd. They travelled together for a while until Knowles killed her on September 29th. Her body was never found. So, uh, Anne Dawson then just on that, with her being the last victim for September, um, it's unclear whether he abducted her or if she travelled with him willingly. Um, she did pay the bills while they travelled together, but again, they're not sure if that was a uh, kind of a, uh, a conscious effort or if she was forced to do so. Um, Knowles has claimed later to have dumped her body in the Mississippi River, um, but it was never recovered. So that brings us to October. Karen Marie Wine and her 16-year-old daughter, Dawn Marie, were killed on October 16th at the family home in Marlborough, Connecticut. They were bound, raped and strangled with a nylon stocking. They were discovered by Wine's older daughter, Cheryl. 
Interesting. So did the older daughter come home to that or was she spared? I imagine she came home to it knowing Knowles. Well, it says that they were discovered by one's older daughter. Yeah, but that could be discovered that she came, so she came home to it. You wouldn't discover it if you were in the same room. You witnessed. Oh, discovered you. Nah, you're probably right. Like Columbus wouldn't be walking around America going, oh. Um, this is actually where uh, the only thing they could find missing from the home, suspiciously, was a tape recorder. Doris Evelyn Hosey was shot to death in her Woodford, Virginia home on October 18th. See, that's slightly different from his usual mm. um, using a gun. So, to say here? It does say here, though, that uh, he shot her to death with her husband's rifle. So maybe it was just right time, right place. Not for her, obviously. Um, he's then wiped his prints from the gun and placed it beside her body. So I'm guessing he's trying to look like uh, kind of a, a suicide or also maybe frame the husband. Um, afterwards, the police would find no signs of robbery to offer them a motive in the case. Okay, this is a very interesting name. Carswell Hall Carr Sr. and his daughter Amanda Beth Carr were killed in Milledgeville, Georgia on November 6th. If we're getting this wrong, we do apologise for any American viewers. Milledgeville. Yep. Milledgeville. Milledgeville, maybe. Millage. Georgia. So this is another one of Knowles's victims where there is an alleged kind of extent of homosexual behaviour. Um, so Knowles had befriended the father, Carswell Carr, and, uh, and gone back to his for drinks. Now, while they were having drinks, um, he has stabbed Carr to death with a pair of scissors. Now, there's uh, an interview, it's really uh, interesting interview from a retired detective, James Josie, who claimed that it was the bloodiest uh, crime scene he'd ever seen. James Josie had also stated that the pair of scissors that Knowles used were used so aggressively and so frequently that the handle had snapped off. Then even more grim, um, the daughter, uh, the 15-year-old daughter, there's evidence to suggest that Knowles had attempted to engage in necrophilia with her corpse. That brings us kind of to the back end of uh, of Knowles's four-month spree. Now, another interesting note to add is that two days later, after the father and daughter slaying, um, he encountered British journalist Sandy Fawkes. Um, now, he ended up uh, meeting her through bar hopping over in Atlanta, yep. so another new state for him, so he's clearly moving about still. Um, and they end up spending uh, a few nights together. Knowles claimed that Fawkes had complimented him, saying that he looked like a cross between Robert Redford and Ryan O'Neill. Uh, now, I know Robert Redford, not sure about O'Neill. We'll get some pictures to show you and see what you reckon to that. We've, we've also seen online that he looks like Dougie Pointner. Yeah, from McFly. Yeah. Which is a great compliment. But again, I go back to the fact that one photo, he looks good. Everything else, he looks pretty ropey. A bit ropey, yeah. A bit goofy. So, um, they've spent a few nights together. Now, uh, Forks claimed that um, during this period of time, whenever they tried to have sex, uh, Noel struggled um, and was potentially impotent. So it seems if he was trying to have sex with someone that was willing, um, he wasn't as interested and uh, couldn't quite rise to the occasion. So uh, they ended up spending a few days together um, and uh, they ended up uh, kind of parting ways and that was kind of it then um so she would later go on to uh, write a book about him um titled natural born killer um which did very well um she's also in quite a few newspapers kind of explaining her story and her so, side of events so one of the reasons that uh, we th we believe the fact that he let her live um was the fact that she was an author probably saved her life because um he wanted to be known he wanted to go down 
in history as one of the biggest killers. So telling her, letting her live and see him and be part of his story, he was hoping she'd go off and write a book. So he, I'm sure he was very happy with her going on and doing that. And he, he basically wanted as much about him to be, to be out there in the ether. Now, it's claimed after Knowles uh, dropped Forks off, he actually then encountered an acquaintance of Forks, uh, which was Susan McKenzie. He demanded, I don't know how it escalated to this point, but he demanded sex from her um, at gunpoint. Um, she escaped and notified the police. When the police turned up or when the patrolman tried to stop him, Knowles brandished a sawed-off shotgun and made his escape. Um, Knowles was actually spotted uh, on the morning of November 16th by uh, Florida Highway Patrol Trooper Charles Eugene Campbell, who immediately recognised the stolen vehicle Knowles had escaped in um, and began to uh, try to make the arrest. So this is where it gets quite interesting. So as Campbell has uh, uh, pulled Knowles over, he's tried to uh, or attempted to make the arrest. It's not quite gone to plan. Nope. Nope. Knowles overpowers Campbell and actually takes him hostage in his own patrol car. Yeah, it's kind of like... makes me think of Grand Theft Auto, the game. Yeah. Um, Easily done in the game, but... Yeah, it's... I mean, nowadays, when you think of American policemen, you think gun-toting. Mm-hmm. Maybe they weren't as old well, I mean, back then. I don't know if he's approaching him for the stolen car or for the fact that he has yeah. held this girl at gunpoint or if they knew true, it was true. Knowles. Um, at the time, we're not sure. So he actually used the sirens of the car to pull over another civilian. Mm-hmm. Now, this is where Knowles pulls over uh, civilian James Mayer, um, who was a businessman. That's uh, as much as we know about him at the moment. Um, he's pulled Mayer over, done exactly the same uh, with Mayer as he had Campbell, put him in the back of the car, his own car, and driven off with two hostages, one of them being, obviously, the patrol trooper Campbell. The way Knowles has been throughout this, he doesn't he doesn't like to have people with him for too long. He wants to be able to just escape and run off and do his own thing. So he he took both of those men into the the wood, and he basically handcuffed them around a tree and executed them, shot them in the back of the head. I mean, obviously, every person he killed is is a big deal. Killing a policeman, mm-hmm. um, it's never smart. It's never smart. Um, and also, as you'll see later on, it may have uh, been his undoing. He's then continued uh, to leave on uh, in the vehicle of, uh, of Mayer, and uh, it's been recognised. A roadblock has actually then been set up. Knowles was having none of this. Um, you know what he did. Like Grand Theft Auto again, you just go straight through it. Yeah. Now, he's tried to go straight through it. Unfortunately, it hasn't quite gone to plan. Mm. He's kind of ploughed into part of the roadblock, it's then resulted in knocking him off track and off the road. He's then gone straight into a tree and uh, the car is total at this point. So yes. here's a picture of the car. Obviously, it's not in a good condition. Imagine leaving the car and you're going to be coming out. You're going to be haggard. You're going to be injured. Yes. But he obviously still in the back of his mind, the electric chair. He's able to muster up the strength to give it legs in the wood and try to uh, escape. Can I mention something, Mr. Knowles? Sure. 10 metres away over there. There's only a roadblock full of policemen. There is. What are they going to do? They're going to chase you. Yeah, what else are they going to do? Unlike Trooper Charles Eugene, they got their guns out straight away. So a few shots were fired uh, in the general direction of Knowles, one of them piercing his foot. Oh, you got my foot. Oh. <laughs> 
pack, you trod on me foot, get off! I've pierced my foot on a spike! <laughs> Ouchie. Yeah, I can't imagine. That's because uh, there's lots of uh, artery, veins and arteries. Is there an artery in the foot? I know uh, there are plenty of veins. You can see them all the... He's managed to run away and the police and the roadblock weren't able to get him. So Knowles, throughout all of this, has had a ridiculous amount of either luck or skill or just he's able to escape. Um, so that all, all of that happened on November the 16th. And this time there's also dogs... Uh, there's police helicopters, they've gone full hog, obviously they know what Knowles has been like recently, yeah. and they know that he's very hard to capture, so they're, they're basically going next level to try and capture him, even using different agencies to come oh, in. That's it, yeah. Um, but an, un, an unlikely hero um, was the one who actually captured Knowles. Mm-hmm. And it was um, the, the day afterwards, um, Knowles was actually out in the outer per- perimeter to where the, um, the police were searching, and he was stopped by a 27-year-old former Vietnam War vet called David Clark. He doesn't... I mean, we've seen photos of him, haven't we? And uh, he doesn't strike you as someone that's going to apprehend a serial killer, but bless him, he did. So this is what David Clark had to say. I'd been hunting. This fellow was coming out of the woods with a gun. He could have killed me then and there. Clark said Knowles told him that he needed help. He said... I had my shotgun, the hunter said. He was bleeding down the face and had a headband around his head. Clark said, then he yelled to a neighbour to call the sheriff. It's a bit odd because throughout the whole of this story, Knowles has reacted on instinct. He hasn't taken any prisoners. He's been happily killing men. Overpowering everybody. But then, obviously, this guy has a gun. But Knowles mm. had a gun as well. The only thing we can think of is, obviously, he's he's on the run. He's been injured. Uh you know, quite severely in his foot. Spent a night in the woods. Um, so I, I, maybe fatigue has got him. I mean, he's travelled a fair distance as well to get out of the uh, the search perimeter um, by foot. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Yeah, I mean, him asking for help, again, isn't something that Knowles has been known for throughout all of this. He's very much been very independent after the way he's been treated and has to fend for himself this whole time. But so he must have been in pretty bad shape to be asking for help and expecting help. Um, but David Clark... 
wasn't taking no crap from old Nolsey. So um, he called, basically shouted, call the sheriff. The sheriff was called and Norris was captured. Mm-hmm. Now, almost immediately um, after his arrest and, and once in custody, Knowles has claimed then to be responsible for 35 murders. So instantly, yes. not, not, not asking for a lawyer, not asking for old Yavitz, get him over here. Um, he is, he's claimed to be responsible for 35 murders, but uh, again, only, only 18 of them can ever have been uh, kind of corroborated. So going on that, you may recall earlier on, Benji saying a little note on the tape recorder that was stolen. Yes, um, Knowles would tend to steal things and give them to um, Jackie Knight, uh, but the tape recorder wasn't for Jackie. It was for him to document exactly the murders that he committed. Um, he had met with Yavitz um, during one of his sprees as his lawyer, and he basically said, I'm a mass murderer. Um, this is after six kills or so. And Yavitz apparently felt intimidated and scared, as you would, but he wasn't there to, to threaten Nick Yavitz. He was basically wanted to say, I want... I want people to know about this at some stage. And Yavit said, get a tape recorder, record all the stuff, and then give me the tape. The old attorney-client privilege. Exactly. And um, so that's what exactly we did. He stole the tape recorder, he recorded it, gave it to Yavit. Yavit said that he didn't listen to the tape, he just locked it away. Uh, do you believe him? I personally would listen to it, but so once all this has emerged... Um, and the tapes were brought up. Um, a lot of the, a lot of the murders that he was talking about were linked to the tapes. And even though, um, his brother said that he didn't kill the girls allegedly in the tapes, it said he did. He said, he said mm-hmm. where, the, where the bodies were. And they said it was between two palm trees in the shape of a heart, which oh. Yavitz had agreed that he wouldn't share the tapes until Knowles had passed away or yeah. died or been killed basically. And Yavitz was, adhering to what he considered confidentiality between lawyer and client. The police didn't look at it like that. They thought, we've got someone here who's committed these murders and he's actually, he's confessed on these tapes. We want these tapes. But Yavitz wasn't having any of it, which, I mean, either he's taken his role very seriously or he kind of likes the, I've got this, you want this? Yeah, I mean, in our research, obviously, we've we've seen some footage of uh, Yavitz. He doesn't come across well, in my opinion. He he he's laughing kind of eighty percent of the time, which, mm. given the 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 content that he's discussing, uh, the subject matter that he's discussing, uh, really isn't appropriate. Um, and I think he's similar to Knowles. He kind of likes the spotlight a little bit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that 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 was an interesting one. But it's amazing what you can. Uh, what you can get away with under this kind of attorney-client privilege. And the way they were able to surprise us out of Yavitz's hands were they put him in prison, um, which wasn't enough. He still wasn't going to give it up. But then they actually approached his wife. Um, Let me just read a little bit from the paper here. Some great language from back in the day. So this is from the Miami (laughs) News reporter. Um, The young blonde prosecutor glared at Patsy Yavitz as he stomped out of the courtroom, hissing in anger. It just as much as a cook as your husband, he said. So basically she was put in a prison cell and Yavitz probably thinking, this is my marriage here. Um, some things are not worth the hassle here. Um, he gave up the tape, but there's some great lines from his. What did you say about um, green spaghetti? Yes. So um, this is, this is basically her, her account was, I almost froze. She said the four window panes are broken and, and Georgia is cold. I wouldn't have touched the food with 10 foot pole. It was something that looked like hash. And there was some green spaghetti. My dog eats better. George is cold as well. That probably goes back nicely to 
Um, Noel's obviously spending the night. True, yeah. In the woods. That's very true. So um, basically, Yavitz has given up the tapes. He's given them over to the police. We'd love to play you the tapes, but they were wrecked in a fire or a flood, is what's been said. (laughs) A combination of the two. Which... Slightly burnt and slightly wet. I imagine uh, John Noel's been very, very upset because he did those for a purpose and the idea in his head was actually that they would be made into a film or a book and the, the money from that would go to his mother mm, yeah yeah you could see a Netflix special on that the old Bundy Chronicles but anyways that. we'll go back to the case so John Knowles is in custody mm-hmm. he's obviously killed a cop he's I mean the tapes have been given up allegedly taking the police to go see where he's hidden the gun of Trooper Campbell yeah and I think uh, it's also important to mention that during that period of time that he was detained and kind of uh, incarcerated, that's when all the kind of really, I say really famous, he didn't really achieve that, but the most famous images of Knowles were taken, obviously barefooted, cigarette hanging out of his mouth, the eye patch, some really cool, and then these are the, uh, obviously the more positive Tinder images that we were talking about. Yes. So on December 18th, 1974, Knowles is taken... uh, to the scene of the crime by Sheriff Earl Lee and Agent Ronnie Angel from the Georgia Bureau of Investigation. Now, they were driving down Interstate 20 uh, to take Knowles, obviously, to the scene where he had uh, executed uh, at point-blank range um, Charles Eugene Campbell and James Mayer. But during this during this trip to the, uh, to, to the scene of the crime to recover the handgun, things got a little bit interesting. They did indeed. So allegedly, I'm going to use that term, um, Knowles, as Knowles has done in the past, so it's not too crazy, he thought, this is my chance to escape. But a bit, it's, he was between two policemen in the car. So and I mean, usually he prefers to do it when he's drunk. Yeah, exactly. But he tried to escape, he reached for a gun, and then obviously the police acted and they shot him. Mm-hmm. Three and, times in the chest. And that is how he passed away. Um which compared to the electric chair it actually is the white is that he said previously that there is what the tapes that were ruined were ruined but he did speak to a psychiatrist Mm -hmm. and we'll listen we'll play some of the tape now if you could change your life from the point you're at right now where would you go back to to make the change well actually if I had to live over again I wouldn't you wouldn't do one. I wouldn't live again. It's been that bad. There's no way I'd go through another year of it. I never did decide to go back. I decided I wasn't going back. It's just chance of fate that I am. See, I didn't. I had no intention of living. How do you mean that? Before we intended to be shot before. Um, and you see there he had said he would have thought by now I'd been shot dead mm-hmm. and that's the way he would have wanted to go so strangely enough he probably is quite happy with that scenario mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. though Yavitz has said after all this happened I'm sure the picture is going to be painted that he tried to escape but but who's going to testify that he didn't Yavitz said that Knowles would never have voluntarily cooperated. He never has. He never made a statement and has vigorously defended his rights not to testify. So why would he have all of a sudden gone looking for that gun? Mm -hmm. 
Um, also, there's been some speculation that he heard a few of the policemen say, as soon as he tries to escape, we're going to shoot him. So that happening before <laughs> he gets shot, you kind of think, well, they probably staged this to kill him. Mm-hmm. They've, he's killed one of theirs, you know. Um, he's playing up to the cameras. He's loving all of the, you know, they're getting all the headlines. I can, yeah, I can completely see that side of the story. You have said that Knowles felt that he would be killed and we spoke of it in, in at least five meetings in which he said he feared for his life. So again, Yavitz could be talking absolute crap, but it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds a bit, why would he suddenly cooperate and say, yeah, I'm going to fight, I'm going to show you the gun. He's already said he's committed these murders. He's the tapes. He knows the tapes have been given to you. So why would he go and show you the gun? So it all, f- it feels a bit suspicious. His brother, um, when, when when asked about it, basically just said, well, "God, God will judge this, and He will know." Um, and Yavitz's um, associate, Ruben, basically wanted to do an autopsy on the body, look into it more, and find out whether he was drugged. Turns out, when they did the autopsy, they didn't find anything um, to suggest that he was drugged. But his when he was buried, his lungs and his heart were taken out of his body um, before he was buried. Yeah, it's uh, it's a really interesting one. I mean, you can, can you can completely understand, um, obviously, the police being angry at him, obviously executing one of their own and playing up to the cameras and, you know, thriving off of all the attention, again, going back to his childhood that he was now receiving. Yeah. Knowles, at the same time, didn't want the electric chair. You no. can see, at the same time, maybe he did reach for the gun and try and pull it out. Maybe he did try and go down, all guns blazing. Um, but then the fact that Knowles would happily have taken them to the scene of the crime. Yeah, it does. It doesn't feel quite right. So just to kind of unline the reason why Casanova tile probably does work is Sandy Thorks in the book said that he was also a victim in all of this. And she basically was quite sympathetic toward him in the book. And um, Kovic, who he, he can't say anything other than he used her, got mm-hmm. her money, got out of prison, said, screw you, I'm going to go do my own thing. When he was arrested again, he started writing to her again. And she just straight away was like, okay, Started writing to him again. And this is after he'd obviously... Killed... Killed multiple people. Yeah, and she knew about that, and she kind of... She was fine Still with it. Still kind of maybe uh, maybe fancying him a little bit. Yeah, I mean, he must be quite the wordsmith. So basically, when he was sending letters to her two weeks before his death, Knowles wrote that he would be as famous as Bonnie and Clyde. Mm. Um, Kovic thinking that he, she was his Bonnie. Um, didn't really work out that way for him. He didn't go... He hasn't... As I said, not many people know... The story of Casanova during his burial, Kovic was the only outsider at the burial. Um, her, so that's interesting. Yeah, so she's obviously still she had a lot of love for him. So she requested that the Baptist minister say, "May he rest in peace," but the minister refused. Wow, um, which is quite an image. Um, well, speaking of quite an image, there's another image that um, stuck with me when we were looking in, kind of digging into this case a little bit, and that is um, after Knowles was shot. Um, there's an image captured of kind of the police, uh, the police force placing uh, yeah. Knowles onto a table, like the body of Knowles. And there's a couple of them in this image. I mean, we'll pop it up for you guys, but um, there's at least two of them that have like a kind of wry smile on their face. 100%. Which... They're not treating it with, with respect. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, who's to say, but like they're, they're definitely um, taking some pleasure out of the yeah, situation. Sure. The cameras are on them now for a change. Yeah. I mean,. Well, there you have it. Mm. It was quite a uh, few months he spent, and he wanted fame. He wanted notoriety. He got a book about him. He had a few documentaries made about him. He's had podcasts made about him. But he has ne- he's never lived up to where he wanted to be. Yeah. 
obviously it was in the time of Ted Bundy. Mm. Serial killer season. Exactly. So he had a lot of people that he was against in regards to trying to be be well known during that time. Um, but you have to think that he didn't get what he wanted. His mum didn't receive money from the books. No movie was made. Um, as Yavitz pointed out, she wouldn't have been able to get money money if the, the books were printed because it just wouldn't have worked like that. So there you have it. That is the case of the Casanova killer. There you go. Would you say he would get a little kick out of a podcast being done about him? I don't think it was quite what he had in mind. <laughs> I'll be honest. You sure? The second episode of a new podcast. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Again, our respect to all the all the victims. Yeah, for um, sure. I mean that that's the that's the interesting thing. It's so over such an overlooked case, but at the same time, he's impacted the lives of uh, a huge number of people. So thank you very much for watching episode two of I Can Murder a Podcast, The Casanova Killer. The tricky second episode. Let us know how we did. Leave us some comments. Please give us a like and subscribe. Um, we really appreciate some feedback. As this is a new venture for us, mm-hmm. and any kind of feedback. Try to be positive. Um, would be much appreciated. Yeah, none of this. Unless it's positive, I'll take that. It's never going to be positive about that. You never know. There's some people out there. So please give us a like. And if you want to follow us on any of the other socials, please do. And we'll be back next week with a fresh new case. Can't wait. All right. Thank you, guys. We appreciate it. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Toyota Thon is on, so stop in and get a great deal on a rugged new Tacoma or Tundra, ready to tackle the toughest weather. Find out more at buyatoyota.com. Hurry, Toyota Thon ends January 2nd. Toyota, let's go places. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I Could Murder a Podcast is proudly part of the ACAST Creator Network. For hundreds of extra minisodes and other content, along with our private Discord server and live Q&As, exclusive merch, and much more, consider subscribing to icmap.co.uk.